and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and Game Master. We've got more Western horror action for you coming up with Casketlands, but before we get there, I want to remind everyone that we are approaching our final days in the Skyjack's Courier's Call Kickstarter. For those that don't know, Skyjack's Courier's Call is an all-ages actual play podcast brought to you by the OneShot Network. And thanks to our listeners, we're going to be able to produce a full season of this new program. But we want to make it more special, and we've got stretch goals that we are so tantalizingly close to hitting. At $10,000, we'll be able to commission a new song by Arnie Parrott. And we're also coming up on art-based stretch goals. So if you want to see more of the world of Sphere, go to bit.ly slash couriers season one. That's the numeral one. Or search Kickstarter for Skyjack's Couriers Call. We hope to have your support, heroes. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, I want you to roll one die. You are going to destroy one of the aspects of this character. (gasps) Sorry. One. One. You are crushing those ones. Dude, (laughs) it's the DM's curse. When you play as a player, you roll like shit. Well, in this case, it might have turned out pretty well for you, though not the most interesting thing that could have happened. What you've done is broken her ability to run, which (gasps) is pretty important for the roadrunner. I think her feet are rooted to the earth. Like you take the air, you snap it, and with that, like her feet are rooted down into the earth. She can lift them up one at a time, but like sort of gravity will draw them back down. Her footsteps are heavy now, not as quick and fleet as they could. She will whirl around to you and look you up and down and realize you are a threat that she was not picturing before. Come Um, at me, you. She's going to jump back and I think do her other ability, stomp. And she's going to stomp onto Flex. Stomp pins someone to the ground. It doesn't do an especially large amount of damage, but I don't have to roll for it. You are going to take one harm. Fine. And I would like you to roll two dice just as a luck roll. Ten. Hell yes. Nice. Okay. She screams as she stomps on you. And you can see that her foot has caught fire. She is completely distracted and in pain. Let's cut over to you. She is out of sorts. I'm going to say you're going to be rolling a plus one here. Yeah, it's a I roll trick. Go for it. Get it. Let's Get it. it. I'm trying. I'm so scared. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be another seven. Seven. Okay. So is that sense. plus your trick? Yeah. It was a six and then... Plus one. Okay. Yeah. So and plus another, that brings you to eight. So it is just going to be eight. What does this ability say again? If an ally or an enemy ingests a liquid you've poured, you can attempt to control them. On a plus 10, they are under your control for three rounds. On a 17, to nine they're under your control for one okay she is under your control okay first of all what does this look like and then what do you have her do i kind of think is she she drunk oh yeah i think very i think that's kind of how it works is yeah you can summon the the drunkenness of the drink like very quickly yes so i'm thinking she's if she's drunk and she's like maybe she's already and she's having a hard time i honestly think i'm gonna turn on like like what I do when I cut people off and send them home for the night. Like the kind of like, all right, I think you've had enough. 
So uh. I think I'm going to go up to her. I, I see it. Maybe there's like a little sway. Maybe there's like some, like, what do I, what do I see? I, yeah. I think like at first she was reacting to the fact that her leg was on fire. Mm-hmm. And now like once you've like brought the drunkenness mm-hmm. into her, she can't really react to that anymore. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, it's mm-hmm. like a little bit. I don't know if you know the uh, blue-footed booby I is do. a really fantastic little bird. One of the best things about it, you can hypnotize it. If you like hold something up for them to look at, you can make their heads move back and forth and they will stay like that moving back and forth after you take the stick away for a little bit. It rules. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't know that either. Boobies are fantastic birds because they're very dumb and they're not afraid of you at all because they've had no predators their whole lives. It's the best. <laughs> because everyone that. loves them. They just want to be buddies. <laughs> yeah, they just want to be friends. So I think like <laughs> this is the thing. Like It is yeah. hypnotized and sorcered uh-huh. by you. Okay, so I think I'm going to, seeing this, feel safe to approach a little closer and maybe like just put a hand on one of those creepy spindly little arms and say, all right, honey, let's get you back home. <laughs> so kind of kind of steer her back the way she came a little bit. So I think actually with that, the, the fire causes a bit of ongoing harm. And I think you've bought enough time that for this round, she's going to take another bit of harm. And then the next round, she'll be broken of your spell. But also the fire will have been on her long enough to consume her entirely. So she just sort of like walks into the tangle and when she breaks of your hold, she whirls around as though she's going to rain hell upon you, but it's already too late. And she just says, Meh. and she's no more. Oh my God. I didn't mean to kill her. I mean, she was on fire. She just yes. served it. And also, look, yeah. this boy got no water. Yeah. I, uh, and, she, and she wrecked my man, Jeremiah. Uh-huh. She did good there, Miss Bell. It's real good. She did Thank you. Um, <laughs> y'all okay to keep moving? We have no choice. We've got to get. You're right. Fold is just gonna just try and get like check of flexes in. As a can, can you get up? Can you, can you get back to work? I, 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 I can get back to take your shovel. Take your shovel, son. And, and we got to get out of here. So at this point, I think we have been through morning. And we have been through noon, so I will need people to take two drinks of water. Does this mean that he's going to have to split water with... If you'll share it with him. Oh, my Otherwise, God. he will have to go unstable. Um, so then, so yeah. that's, that's that's for... Uh, Did you say two drinks of water? Yep, two drinks okay. of water per person. That's for, for Fold. Yeah, so actually, Fold is like, you can do this, all right? Just grab the shovel, clear a path. Grab the shovel. Clear a pen and and uh, flex is still very much freaking. Out. I, I I don't I don't know we it, it, my mouth and it was and then uh, fold just like that firm hand on his shoulder. Grab a shovel, and then he gives him his cantina. Grab a shovel, clear a pen. Oh. All right, and then flex takes the cantina. Grab a shovel, and then he takes one drink. Clear a path. Takes another drink, gives it back. Oh. And then they go to work. Damn. As they're going to work, uh, Jeremiah kind of walks over to the smoldering ruins of the uh, the Roadrunner and just makes sure that she's dead. Mm. Yeah. And see if there's <laughs> anything scavengeable from the corpse. 
Yeah, I think as you go through, you can see mixed into the ashes something that glows bright. Kind of like blow some of the hot ash a little to the side and yeah. kind of, you know, carefully reach in quickly and kind of put it in my coat so it's not burning me. As somebody who has been through this world for a long time, you'd recognize fool's gold anywhere. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, flex. And I think as... Although the, I, I want to point out, nobody knows it, but that's what saved y'all from the Roadrunners. That was the thing that caught her on fire. Definitely yeah. weak against fool's gold. Because I, <laughs> if, if it was... If he had gotten another chance, I was going to have Flex throw a thing because I was like, wait, there's something there. Yeah. But, okay, so it's a small scene is like they get, oh, they get back to work, Fold and Flex, and they're kind of cutting a path. And um, it's like they're just quiet for a second. And then Flex is just like, Fold, I got, I got us enough. I found something. We, we can get out. We gonna get out of casket land, all right? We we gonna be rich. And then, and oh. what are you what are you talking about, son? And then Flex just kind of looks over his shoulder and like just pats on one of his breast pockets. And, Everything's gonna be fine, all right? Everything's gonna be fine. Just keep clearing the path, all right? I'm gonna clear more than a path. <laughs> and I think within an hour or two, you're through. It's so much easier working together Mm -hmm. through this. And the thing about the tangle is it remembers, it learns. And the last time that you went through the tangle flex, you didn't harm this place. And so it gave you what you needed to survive on your way out. And even for that gift, you told it your intention, which I think it rewarded. Your way out is so much easier than your way in, and you make it to the other side without any trouble, which now you're in new land, something that only Flex and Jeremiah have seen before, the wide open desert of the world beyond Casket Land, world that people have only heard rumor and tale about for some time. You've got something there. Oh, yeah. I, I would, well, dirt holds memories. You could say it holds secrets. I would maybe like to pan for some of those. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. I've, right. been, I've never been nice. there before. This gives me knowledge of a location. I don't know how it works to use this. What do I do? I think you just expend it. And okay. uh, I am going to answer you. Uh, let's call it, like, if we're using up this ability, three questions. Three questions okay. about this place or, or things that, that you would want also, to Also, just for like the sake of characterization because i think it would be nice uh let me just let's just say that uh it's a uh like a like a sieve like you'd use for um like baking because she wouldn't have a she wouldn't have like a like a gold rush pan i love it all right here you go (laughs) i love that you've been carrying that and people it's in my apron (laughs) hey what is up with that thing (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna take it i'm gonna i'm gonna make some hot dish or what (laughs) Hot dish. <laughs> you don't know about hot dish. I know about hot dish. Okay. I'm saying, why is there hot dish in Casket Land? It's, it's the I it's the Casket the Land. You've got the baking sheet. <laughs> I lived in the Midwest. I know. Anyway, no, I think I probably take it out and I start sifting sand. And um, my mama told me about this when I was little. There's ways to sort of see what's going on somewhere new. Ways to understand the land. It talks. Addison, what's your question? Okay, my question. Ooh, um, 
are there people here? Is there a people? Like, is there a civilization anywhere near us? So I think in the swirl of the sands, uh, you can see something pop up. Mm-hmm. Something that looks like a house on legs. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> um, um. And like you can see the sand sweep away and beneath uh-huh. it, like there, there are pebbles and rocks that represent your little troop of people. Mm-hmm. So you know where the homestead is and you know where your people are. What are your next questions? What dangers are there here? Taking off from the homestead, there are like, I think these little swirls that move up and the patterns that they leave in the sand look sort of like those abstract seagull patterns that like you would see that little like kind of elongated M Mm -hmm. that people draw when (laughs) you're a little kid trying to draw birds. So there are a bunch of those like kind of swarming around. Okay. So birds. Okay. And then do I get one more? You get one more. Okay. 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 I'm just trying to figure out what a good question is. I don't want to waste this. Is there anything here that can help us? Yeah, I think as you do that, like two of the rocks in your group, like a little bit of circle of sand will form around them. I think it's easy to interpret that Jeremiah and Loam are being pointed out to you. All right. That's some information. I want to turn to Jeremiah now. You're hurt. I am. Mm, but my focus bad. while she's starting to pan first off is to walk up to, to Flex. Oh, yes. And be like, hey, Mr. Flex. Just call me Flex. Oh, Just okay. call me Flex. You, you, you've more than, you more than earned it. All right, Mr. Flex. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just... You know, you did good. You pushed through there. No, uh, well, we made a wager. Didn't have to turn around, did we? No, we did not. But De- uh, deal's a deal. And I go ahead and pour one water into his canteen. Oh. Yeah, because I did make a deal. That's oh my true. God, my didn't heart. Make a deal. Oh, and then this was like, all right, well, uh, I'm not too much in the the mindset of taking right now. So how about an exchange? No, I'll, but I'll are you in the you. mindset of winning? No, I insist on it, and he hands him a piece of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a nice fair trade there, oh. Mr. Flex. <laughs> I appreciate that. My heart hurts. <laughs> I uh, want cool. I'm inside Jeremiah's psychology right now, diving in. Obviously, I think under the best circumstances, Jeremiah hasn't thought highly of himself. What does he think of himself now? Honestly, for the first time in a long time, he feels pretty proud that he was able to be helpful beyond just like repairing wagon wheels for people that kind of told him to do it when nobody was watching and passing them a little bit of you know, extra scrap on the side. I think right now, honestly, he, he's, he's happier than he's been in a while. Though he's also in the most pain he's been in in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. And internally, he kind of correlates the two together, and it's like, it's worth it. All right, cool. I like that. Real quick, Fold is gonna come up to Jeremiah. I uh, don't uh, know how to. He sticks out his hand to shake it. Kind of squinting real hard at Fold. Like the instinct originally when he puts his hand forward is to kind of like flinch and pull back a little bit and just takes his hand and shakes it. I have a question for Fold. How much do you regret what you've done? That's a tricky question to answer because I think Fold regrets a lot of the things that he used to like keep him in Casketland. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the decisions, he regrets a lot of the decisions that were just made because they were made in casket land. So to say every, everything, it might be like too like grandiose, but he's kind of been living in a low place for a long time and he's not out of it. But I think in that, that handshake, I think he's kind of like given himself a little bit of permission to be like, to let go of some of like the baggage even if it is mainly because like the harrowing thing that they just did, they're literally out of casket casket land. Yeah, and yeah, he's kind he's working through a lot. Cool, cool. I think seeing that expression or a little bit of that read on his face yeah. as he as he shakes his hand, uh, Jeremiah puts his other hand and kind of clasps it together and just goes, "You you didn't know, Mister Ford. You didn't, you didn't know, Mister Ford. How could any of us have known? <sighs> We're not out of this yet." No, we're not. Mm. Mm. Your group has a decision to make now. Yeah. And it's a difficult one. You know where the homestead is. You know what threats you face. But you're also tired and broken. You could take this opportunity to rest, regain some bit of your vitality before you strike out on what is most certainly going to be a dangerous thing. However, you don't have that much water left. I would say that I'm going to pull this uh, skin of your teeth card, which is plus two water, which thanks to the loan from Jeremiah, that would give flex up to three drinks which is a day so yeah. i'm gonna go ahead and venture to say that we can pool all this together yeah, and a sleep. lot for one rest before because we go go i agree my only alternative to get uh jeremiah's wounds settled would be to give him my hair of the dog which would also give him the curse of lycanthropy and i don't want to do that to him <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean that's but i also cool, though. kind of a rad but he also would have flesh. to consume human <laughs> flesh every day which i have a pound of wait do you- because reasons okay so if because, it comes to it because i'm a big pervert <laughs> i mean if it comes to it I'll, I'll, i have this it's not going nowhere <laughs> she's creeping into my vernacular now all right <laughs> it's not going nowhere all right i think we'll take a sleep so then yeah. if you'll take a sleep i need you to consume water for the night mm-hmm. and you'll wake up in the morning one water? Two? Or? So one one water and you'll you'll consume one. I, I guess it's two because you're also going to consume one before you go off. Two waters um, each. So the party goes to sleep. Everybody regain two vitality. I that. haven't lost any. Oh, brag. <laughs> All right. Well, you, I guess you didn't need to do an emotionally relevant scene. But I wanted to. Um, and I, I cried for you and your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for your delicious tears. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> you gained six more months of life. Yes. <laughs> we are late at night. And I think something remarkable about this journey is, one of, for the first time in a very long time, Jeremiah wants to live. And has dignity, which is unusual, which is going to give him plus one for the roll that he is about to make. Please make a roll for me, Matt. <laughs> Damn. 11. That's okay. 11. That's, all right, great, cool. Okay, <laughs> casual. In your sleep, you hear a faint gospel. It's on the edge of your dreams. And there's a part of you that wants to go towards it 
and a much larger part of you that knows better. Although it persists throughout your dreams, throughout the night, you don't fall for its call. You don't get beckoned closer. And you wake up amongst the rest of your companions, refreshed, happy, and feeling a little bit more like you're a part of something. And we're at the morning, folks. You know where the homestead is. Mm -hmm. You start your day with that hearty drink of water. As you all come to consciousness, since I was the first to awaken based Uh, on the dream, I've mm -hmm. prepped a very, very basic breakfast meal that awaits you each as you wake up. It's just mainly meats, but, you know, it'll keep you going. Here you go. Thank you. Um, Is Jeremiah stable now after that? Uh yes okay, yes cool. uh once good. you heal you you stabilize I thought so, so. I just want to make sure thank yeah. you real quick before we get going fold comes and like hands his shovel to flex and flex is just like kind of like moping and like, what's wrong son we got a lot of work to do it's not enough what do you mean it's not enough water it'll be enough what are you talking all we have to do is get to homestead. We get the homestead, we get the water, we get the water, we get you back to Doubletree, and then you can get out of Doubletree. All right? That's it. That's it. Where is Loam in all this? That's like the- Does he sleep? Did he sleep? Loam does not sleep. I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, so has he just been sitting at the fire all night? He'd been staring into the fire the entire oh my night. God. With his little chameleon eyes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know he can't I know he doesn't speak. But mm-hmm. uh, I do want to. I, I want to convene with him momentarily because um, I had the the dirt told me. Yeah. <laughs> that he matters a lot to this, and I, I like to try to figure out yeah. why. What What do you say to him? Well, I feel like you understand what we're going into more than any of us, and I just um, I guess I want to know how you think we're gonna make it make it out make it through um i guess <laughs> this is uh i guess i'm asking for some advice loam takes a look at you and then moves his eyes to the dirt and in the dirt he draws a like stick figure of a person and he points to that and he points to himself and then he crosses it out and points to himself once more then he'll draw in the dirt a stick figure it's got a wide brimmed hat and like a bit of a robe and you jeremiah who who knew her before this is most certainly supposed to be a representation of the sage hen and uh he points to her then he crosses that out and folds his hands to look at you to see if you've understood what he has said. So I don't understand what he said, so I need to I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay. He'll 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 hold up a finger uh-huh. roll an <laughs> and he'll <laughs> uh, draw stick figures of everyone in the group. Yeah. And he'll point to you and he'll point to the stick figure, point to you, point to the stick figure and, and so on down mm-hmm. the line. And then once again he'll point to himself and he'll cross out his stick figure. If you if you'd like, you can roll a uh, assess to see if you can. Are you saying something's going to happen to you? He shakes his head. No, I'm going to roll an assess. I feel like such a dumbass. Okay. It's all right. This is very abstract communication, and it's a very <laughs> fascinating challenge that this uh, has laid down. 
which I kind of like that you don't have just a little lore machine following you yeah. around. <laughs> it's a four, I'm an idiot. The way he understands the world is just mm-hmm. very different from the way you understand the world, and it, it, it's... Wait, sorry, I just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, if, if, hey, if you as a player figure it out, that's okay. fine. Um, no, I think I might... I don't know if I'm right or not. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't line up with the canon that we've established. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Please tell me what you were going to say anyway. Loam uh, just looks to you and re- realizes he isn't going to be able to get anything through, and he shrugs and stares once more into the dwindling ashes of the fire. God, <laughs> I'm so sorry. While this is happening, I'm st- the chorus that came to me in my dream mm-hmm. that I shrugged off. Yes. Um, does this chorus remind me of a certain flock that once called me part of it? Yeah, the the spirituals that they sang. Right. As soon as I see the image of the sage hen placed upon the ground by Loam, my eyes start just darting on the horizon in the direction we've been traveling. And as we're all kind of getting up and getting ourselves roused, I'm just being very like mm-hmm. nonchalantly eagle-eyed as best as I can as to the horizon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see far out into the distance what looks like buzzards circling in the sky. Hmm. Well, they'll be coming for us if we're not. If we stay, uh, stay around here for too long. Yeah. Right. I'd agree. say uh, we best get moving then. All right. I agree, Miss Bell, Mr. Flex, uh, Mr. Fold. Ju- it is just Flex. Just Flex. As, uh, as we do get going also, uh, because I feel bad that I didn't get to communicate with Lom very well, I think I probably like put one of the uh, like bandages I made from my apron uh, just like there on the ground for him just in case he wants to put a new bandage on because he wears them all over himself. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I just want to yeah. give him a present. Your, your, your apron, so does it uh, like have a pattern on it? Yes. It has um, a very faded uh, like corn flowers. Um, uh, then I think there is a hard cut to you walking through the <laughs> desert and you can see this corn flower pattern oh. like over his face. I love a good hard cut. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. We're getting things started off with a radvertisement. This one comes to us from a podcast, Sounds Like Crows. Sounds Like Crows is a dramatic actual play podcast set in the world of Deadlands, a weird West setting using the Savage World system. It follows five estranged brothers on a revenge-fueled trek through the Old West. Join the Crow Boys as they fight tooth and nail against the world and each other in this character-focused tale. Horror and intrigue hide around every corner. Sounds Like Crows focuses on production quality and inter-party conflict to deliver a unique actual play experience. Folks, if you're loving what you hear in our Casketland episodes and you want more gritty Western storytelling, this sounds like a good place to start. You can listen to Sounds Like Crows anywhere podcasts can be found or just head to soundslikecrows.com. A huge thanks to the Sounds Like Crows team for sponsoring our episode this week. Before we get to the show, I wanted to mention quickly that right now our friends over at the World Builders Charity are doing a drive called Geeks for Hope. That's Geeks, the number four, Hope. Right now, they are raising funds to supply PPE to frontline healthcare workers. Normally, we like to provide you some fantasy to step away from the real world, but I think everybody understands exactly why this sort of fundraiser is very crucial right now. 
They've teamed up with folks over at Project Hope, which is a medical charity that has been operating for an extremely long time. And World Builders is doing what World Builders does best, providing a platform and financial support to really good causes. I know we have a lot of savvy activists in our audience, and one of the great things about World Builders is they look into the charity for us so that we don't have to hem and haw about whether or not the money is actually going to the right place. If you want to learn more, head to geeksforhope.com. That's geeks, the number four, hope.com. Finally, before we get back to the episode, I want to take a quick minute and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Jacob Wilberg, thank you. Colin Williams, thank you very much. Patrick Wallbank, thank you. Richard DeAth, thank you so much. Roland, thank you very much. Shelby, thank you. Sebastian Rives, thank you very much. Ryan S. Peterson, thank you. Matthew McPherson, thank you very much. Carl Larsich, thank you. And Jessica Fabin, thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We couldn't be here without you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to lend your support, head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a backer. It comes with lots of cool rewards and it keeps your favorite programs on air. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. So y'all can see the homestead in the distance. <laughs> Sorry. I think I will accept a survive that is rolled with creep, I think, instead. The idea being that sneaking. I think one of you can do it instead What's of What's everybody's all of you. creep? I think we're all at creep of two. Aren't okay. We? I think we're a pretty creepy party. I'm a I'm creep of negative one and zero. Oh, uh, I'm a creep of two. Same. You got this. Okay. Do it. Oh, you, no. you lead us through, Miss Bell. You're scaring me. Mm-hmm. I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a seven. Seven. So that is a partial success. Yeah, mixed success. Yeah. I keep yeah. getting these mixed successes. Hey, that is what the system wants you to get. <laughs> That's <laughs> fine. So this is what it's going to be. You can either definitely get noticed far out, or, or. you can hide yourselves, but it's going to take you longer. So you'll have to drink more water. Then you know what? I think we'll get noticed. Everyone comfortable with that? Yeah. All righty. So, hey. whatever's good for her. <laughs> you are a dear heart, aren't you? As you go, like we, we transition from a desert into more of a step. Uh, still, things are dried up here. There's not much water <laughs> from anywhere. God, I can't remember the last time it's rained. It's probably been years. Mm-hmm. But you enter this step, and there are some bare trees that have died long ago. Their skeletal branches reach into the air with desperation, as if hungering for water from the sky. It looks like some of the hands that you've seen of the dead as they crawl out searching for water in the ground. And landing on one of the branches is a creature that has the large body of a buzzard and a skinny long neck poking out of it and on his head is a human being's face Ugh, I don't like that. is this 
Is this her or is this one of her uh, people? Let's have some. Anybody can roll for me a investigate, which is based on smooth. Um, I have a plus two smooth, so I'm gonna go for that. All right. If that's okay. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Do it. You got this. Eight. Eight. Perfect. So I will answer one question uh, that you have to ask about these things. What's their weakness? Okay. <laughs> right to it. it. Yeah. The sound of hope grates on their senses and brings them crashing to the ground. The sound of hope. Okay, and I do I as a character know this as well? Yeah, that is the thing that you know about uh, this. So what you know of these creatures, you don't know what they're called. Uh, you, you've heard tale from travelers who've passed through the bar that there is something out in the desert that preys upon people. And any any group of travelers that has truly lost themselves to the waste of the desert mm-hmm. is sure to find themselves prey to these creatures. Uh-huh. But if there is even the smallest light of hope in their bellies, the creatures will not be able to stomach it okay. and will turn away. So I think I say, um, everyone come stand with me. It's going to be fine. Just don't look at it. All right. We're not supposed to talk to the bird lady. Don't talk to it. Don't look at it. Um, it's kind everyone of hard keep not working. To look at it. it's... It's, everyone just All keep right. walking. I promise you, it's fine. So, is gender of uh, distinct? Like, I, I assume it was a lady from this distance. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I, I think they are of multiple genders. Uh, right, because like, they're just one. human faces. Yeah. 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 Right. Who can say? Look, look, there's a non-binary one, and uh, there's a gender queer one, and there's a gender fluid one that shifts between different identities, though never male. That's definitely a male. <laughs> Spit, what are you <laughs> doing <laughs> here? <laughs> I'm looking at bird people, and believe me, it's sexual. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I think... If it's not too on the nose, I think as I walk and kind of try to keep everyone in a in a line, I might sing an old spiritual that my mother sang to me when I was younger that she said would keep these things away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, you're just forward walking, walking through the desert, and it's just, as I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. And I think like the group joins you to sing mm-hmm. this spiritual, and as you do, the buzzards fly away in disgust. <laughs> they can't stand to hear it or see it. And as you get closer, you mm-hmm. can see the homestead in the distance. And there is on the porch of the homestead a woman who is clad in a like I, I love this a, a beautiful sort of patterned um cloak or I, I guess cloak and poncho she is singing with a voice that has a beautiful melody to it but as you listen closer to the lyrics they're horrible it's mm. a song of surrender about people laying themselves down and allowing the earth to embrace them of giving up it's a sweet song it's a song that sounds like pain being taken away that there is something sinister behind it and around her singing a counter melody and swaying are these human faced buzzards but she turns to you as as you are like singing this this counter song to hers she favors you with a smile 
and waits for you to finish your verse as you come and approach the homestead. I don't know what your group is going to do, so. Yeah, I don't. I think we approach the homestead, right? Or It's up to you, yeah. Uh, if no one else is taking the lead, yeah. Jeremiah steps <laughs> forward, knowing at least what he's stepping into. He knows her. Right? Real quick, how how tall is this structure? Yeah. I, I think it is about 25, 30 feet in the is air. Is it standing on its legs right now, or are the legs, is it like sitting? Let's actually have it sitting. So yeah, it would be that tall. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's about fifteen so feet now it's because just like a house. yeah, they're, they're like big chicken feet curled up beneath it. So yeah. it's a little bit taller than like a normal house would mm-hmm. be. Right, a few um, feet off the ground. Exactly. And she's like on the porch. She's on the porch. And this is, of course, going to to me match the silhouette of the woman in the wide brimmed hat. Right, that he drew for me in the ground. Absolutely. Like, and you can see it. There was a truth about that drawing that it is more than words. You recognize yes. that drawing as this person so okay. easily, even though it was just abstract shapes. So, and even though I don't, I don't have the background that Jeremiah has or anything about her, but I do now go. I go, I have this recognition of this is something I. This is what Loam showed me before, and I think I probably. Uh, as we approach, if Jeremiah is taking the lead in approaching, I would probably cast a quick look at Loam and see what his response is. So Loam is keeping an eye focused on her, unflinching, unblinking, uh, not moving. And another eye is darting about trying to mark as many of the buzzards as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. And you can also see that Loam is shaking. That's never good. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the homestead. Your troubles are over. The flock welcomes you all with open arms. It's been some time, Hennessy. Oh, Jeremiah, it has indeed. That's not my name anymore. I burned that, and I burned my past along with it to create a brighter future for us all. And I do so hope that those who have taken the trouble to come out and see me might be able to see the light too and join up with my flock. Jeremiah, you know this person? No, I once knew a person. I don't know this person in front of me. But I know you, Bell Hemlock. I know the troubles that you've seen. I know the burdens that you carry, and I have good news. I take a step in front of her, in front of Bell to get between the two. Yeah. Now, now, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I know you're afraid, but there is no need to be afraid because I carry only good things. All those burdens that you've been carrying, you can lay them down here. You don't need to be tired. You don't need to be sad. You don't need to be thirsty anymore. She takes out a glass pitcher full of water. It is also cold water. There's condensation over this pitcher. It's dripping down slowly. I have plenty. And because I have plenty, I want to do the one thing that I always wanted to do ever since I was young, ever since I used to be someone else. I want to share that plenty. I want to share that plenty with all of you because you are good people. You've come out all this way because you're afraid for the people that you love. 
You're afraid for your community, and that is sweet, and that ought to be rewarded. If you wanted to share so badly, why didn't you help us when our town was suffering for 10 years? Well, I couldn't get there. How? This thing's got legs, ain't it? Now, this thing does have legs, but I weren't always in control of the homestead. The homestead used to belong to someone else. It don't anymore. What happened to this individual, if I may ask, Hennessy? Well, it's the thing that happens to all people once they live long enough. They died. Not everyone does. That's true. Oh. And I see you've brought Mr. Loam here. She cranes out. Loam, I can't believe that you brought visitors to me. Loam is unfortunately one of the poor souls who can't receive the benediction. I wish I could help the poor thing, but he's already traded away the only thing that the lat can give to. I can only help people, and Mr. Loam ain't people no more. And uh, although that's a tragedy, it's one that we all have to live with. I kind of look back and mutter to the rest of the group to my left. Her hundred words don't mean anything. She can't help anyone. Don't listen. Oh, don't you worry. I wasn't necessarily taking her word as gospel. Mm -mm. I've heard a lot of tall tales in my time behind a bar, and I know a liar when I see one. Now, Belle, I understand why you might think that, because the place you came from is a cruel place. You are used to people who lie and who take advantage and who hurt so that they can preserve their own selves and take from others. Why, Miss Hemlock, I think we both know that you shouldn't even be here right now. You should be off somewhere being a wife to some husband or a mother to some son. Don't you talk about them. Yeah, at that moment, like, uh, fold definitely, like, <laughs> to the to the degree with which you can draw a shovel. Shwong. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I just have, like, now I just have, like, a like a team of, like, wiry old men <laughs> to, to defend my I honor. I love it. Frail, <laughs> ill-equipped. Can I assume that Fold had it, like, at his side, like a katana when he reached for it? Like, yeah, like, like he, he, like, goes to draw it and realizes the, the, the shovel part of it is, like, and he lets it go. <laughs> As you do that, the homestead reflexively stands up. And she is drawn up above it. Now, now, we don't need to bring violence here. Violence is not welcome in my place. Violence will not be welcome in the casket land anymore. I will bring the homestead over the tangle, and I will bring it over the casket land, and I will walk into that dark place of Doubletree, and I will rid that place of all the vile violence that has ruled over it for so long. Miss Sage Hen, why are you so far away? I thought we are talking here. Well, I was talking until this gentleman here... Saw fit to not be so gentle anymore. Put the hand forward and look back towards Folden back. He was just being protective of his friends. But I thought we were going to talk about what it means to join this family. Bold, put that thing away, okay? And with that... We're just talking. The sage hen leaps into the air and gracefully glides down to the earth. Now I'm mighty interested in talking. That's exactly what I intend to do. Again, no violence is welcome here. 
and I would not commit violence against you. I just simply hope to show y'all the light, to bring you into the flock and give you and your community a better life. It's not just Miss Hemlock that has been harmed by all this. It's Mr. Flex. Poor boy came here without any parents. And what did they make him do? Day in, day out, he had to ride out into a hot desert. He had to break the bones of people, men and women, children too. Might I ask respectfully how you know all of this? Sage Hen knows everything that the desert's seen. And the desert's seen all that y'all have been through. I have had the misfortune of having to watch the sin of that place boil over for year upon year. In a time of hardship, in a time where people are desperate, I have watched, instead of people helping one another, I have watched them turn their backs on one another. Jeremiah, you know this more than anyone. The way you've been treated, it breaks my heart. It made me who I am today, and you know what? I'm pretty proud of what I've done today. And Mr. Jeremiah, I think you should be proud of who you are. You've survived some incredible things, but the world shouldn't have made you go through that hardship. You could have stood here next to me in grace if you'd been treated with kindness. That's something that I truly believe, and I want to offer that kindness to everyone else. The problem is, you have been around people. People are nasty and cruel and selfish. Even if you try to give them things, they will continue to take things, even when they don't need to. I don't want that for the world. And your community has been starving itself out for so long, and it doesn't need to do that. Have y'all never questioned why Mr. Hilton has never as withered and as hurt as everyone else? Why his pretty wife isn't that way? Why his many pretty wives haven't been that way? It's because someone has controlled the water for a long time, and that someone did not share. That someone hoarded and secreted and squirreled, and it hurt everyone around him. Now, I think y'all know that's not right. That's because there's something broken about him. But I have good news. We can remove that broken thing. I can offer you this peace. We can change the world. Hennessy, where's the rest of your flock? Well, that's a tough question. And y'all have seen many of them already. They're happily singing here along with me. Uh, she pets the face of one of the vulture-bodied creatures. Gross. And y'all met another one on the road, and I will admit that she committed violence against you, and you turned with violence in kind, and I can't blame you for that. The roadrunner did what she thought was right, and I think we can all agree that it wasn't. That's unfortunate, but that doesn't mean that has to happen to you. And look back towards Loam. Has Loam expression changed at all or still just locked in? Loam, Loam is just locked in. He is just focused on the threats around him, uh, but he is clearly very frightened. 
I'm going to go ahead and slowly make eye contact with each other member of our group. And while I'm still making eye contact with them and speaking towards the sage hen, say, Well, how about you, uh, how about you come here and show us this light you've been talking about? Well, of course. If one of y'all would like to be baptized, we can start. I'm just afraid that we can't baptize him. She points towards Fold. Why is that? Because you know what you did. Even if you tried to apologize, it's many years too late, Mr. Fold. You broke something inside yourself, and you used that as a barb to hurt anybody. Not even people who were close to you. Anybody around you. You became a thorn. I became useful. I became useful to my town, my city. Is that what you call what you did to Mr. McCall? Useful? It was a mistake. It was a mistake that I made. A mistake that you made. But you didn't apologize right away, did you? But he apologized. He continued to strike you again and again over the years. Maybe not with shovels, but with words. He took the sin that he committed against you and he made it yours. And I forgave him. And that's mine to do. And that's mighty kind to you, Jeremiah. And I appreciate that. I do. And that's one of the reasons that you definitely can be baptized. But I'm afraid Mr. Fold is a human being. Through and through. And all the flawed things that means. If that means I cannot join the flock, then I will stay here on terra firma with the rest of us broken individuals. And he just kind of sticks his shovel into the ground. Fair. No baptism for me. Now that is mighty good of you. Maybe there's hope for you yet someday, though it is not today. Yeah, I didn't think so. Now who would like to receive benediction? Hennessy, you've been hurt. I have. You've been hurt mighty deep. I know the pain that you know, Jeremiah. You know more pain than most of us. But do you realize the pain that you've been causing in the name of release this long? There's many people whom I knew and loved and many others have that you brought into your flock that don't stand here around us, not as they were. The only lost members of my flock that aren't with us today were killed at the hands of human beings. Who do you miss? Could it be Margaret? And a buzzard lands in front of you with the face of someone you used to know. That ain't Margaret. Oh, I assure you that it is. All of her is in there. She's just living a new kind of life. One without pain or suffering or lies or hardship. One that I hope all of you can live. And I truly do. I don't want to be baptized either. Now why, Flex? This is not natural. This is not This is not how the, the world should be. It ain't natural. That's right. Because the world is cruel. The world only has pain and death to offer us. But we don't have to accept it. I've had my eyes open. Since I went through what I went through, and I traded away that nasty part of myself, I haven't aged a day. And look, she 
jumps a small bit and sails into the air gently. She floats down, spinning, laughing with glee, and lands in the earth. I can fly. If you are so happy and angelic and 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 light on your feet, then then, then why is he so terrified of you? And he points to Loam. He has been our god, and, and as freaky dicky as he is, he is he is he is a friend. All right, and 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 if and if he doesn't trust you, and if you don't want to trust trust my friend, if you don't want to trust Fold, then then why should should I trust you? All right, you these are all amazing amazing feats, but what good can they do? I understand your reticence, and you're right. Mister Loam has been a companion to your community, but Mister Loam is drawn to tragedy and hardship. He's heralded every plague, every natural disaster, every fire in your community. And he heralded you. He did. That's because he is afraid of change. He is a creature that is tied to that pain. And my world is not going to have room for that sort of thing. He is covered in disease. His flesh is rotten. If you were to offer him a hug that you would offer anyone else you would consider a friend or family, he would destroy you just by touch. Now, that's not exactly his fault. Mr. Loam has been through some incredibly difficult things that have transformed him into something else. And although that's not his fault, it doesn't mean he doesn't present a risk to you. It sounds like a mighty familiar story. Taking on a lot of hardship and coming back changed and... If not being able to die has done that to him, I wonder what it's done to you. Oh, I know quite well what it's done to her. Now, look, I am trying to be patient and I'm trying to offer you something truly wonderful. And you're right. Mr. Loam and I do share that in common. We're no longer human beings. Loam used to be a person, and he works differently. I'm the other side of that coin. I used to be a person, too. And what I'm telling you is that you don't have to be people. You can lay those burdens down right here, right now. If you both are the same, does that mean if I hug you, I'll be destroyed as well? No. No, because I'm different. Jeremiah, what are you doing? She will open her arms and walk towards you and give you a hug. I'm going to attack the fuck out of her. Yes! <laughs> you got that grave dirt? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Hell yes! That's right. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with the conclusion to Casket Land. In the meantime, be sure to check out one of the other amazing programs on the One Shot Network. Like A Horror Borealis. A Horror Borealis is an actual play Monster of the Week podcast set in the 1990s in the fictional town of Revenant, Alaska just south of the nation's least visited national park, and way north of everything else. 
a reclusive small game hunter with a magical secret, a young anarchist librarian with a passion for conspiracy theory, and a sensible park ranger with a strong local book club following find themselves pulled together by common threads woven mysteriously into their past when monsters begin plaguing their tiny community. But they soon discover the things they're fighting run much deeper and much closer to home. Tune in for a story about identity, empathy, community, mental illness, and healing. And stay for the beloved local diner. You can find A Horror Borealis on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And for most folks, I'll suggest that you call your representatives and once again voice your support for a rent freeze in your area. Despite attempts to reopen business as usual in certain states, most experts say that it simply isn't safe. That means people are going to have to spend more time at home, and likely many of those people will not have the financial resources they need to stay in their homes. A rent freeze is a very straightforward way to deal with this problem. And in order to move legislation like that forward, it needs vocal support. So take some time from your day and call your reps. Just head to fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls. Org. There, you'll find issue summaries, contact information for your representatives, and scripts to read while you're on the phone to get your point across. And if calling isn't enough, now's a great time to give to Geeks for Hope. It is a fundraiser being run by world builders for Project Hope. All of the money is going towards raising funds to supply PPE to frontline healthcare workers. It's really important. And if you can afford to contribute financially to a cause, this is a good place to start. Just go to worldbuilders.org or geeksforhope.com. That's geeks, the number four, hope.com. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.